Chapters 2 and 3 of English as She is Wrote by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 By Advertisers and on Signboards. Two Young Women Want Washing. Teeth Extracted with Great Pains. Babies Taken and Finished in Ten Minutes by a Country Photographer. Wood and Coal Split. Wanted, a female who has a knowledge of fitting boots of a good moral character. For sale, a handsome piano, the property of a young lady who is leaving Scotland in a walnut case with turned legs. A large Spanish blue gentleman's cloak lost in the neighborhood of the market. To be sold, a splendid gray horse, calculated for a charger, or would carry a lady with a switch tail. Wanted, a young man to take charge of horses of a religious turn of mind. A lady advertises her desire for a husband, quote, with a Roman nose having strong religious tendencies, end quote. Wanted, a young man to look after a horse of the Methodist persuasion. A chemist inquires, quote, will the gentleman who left his stomach for analysis Please call and get it, together with the result. End quote. Wanted, an accomplished poodle nurse. Wages, five dollars a week. In the far west, a man advertises for a woman, quote, to wash, iron, and milk one or two cows. End quote. Lost, a cameo brooch representing Venus and Adonis on the Drumcondra Road about ten o'clock on a Tuesday evening. An advertiser, having made an advantageous purchase, offers for sale on very low terms, quote, six dozen of prime port wine, late the property of a gentleman forty years of age, full of body, and with a high bouquet, end quote. A steamboat captain, in advertising for an excursion, closes thus, quote, tickets twenty-five cents, children half price, to be had at the captain's office, end quote. Among carriages to be disposed of, mention is made of, quote, a male phaeton, the property of a gentleman with a movable head as good as new, end quote. An inducement to return property is offered as follows, quote, if the gentleman who keeps the shoe store with a red head will return the umbrella of a young lady with whalebone ribs and an iron handle to the slate-roofed grocer's shop, he will hear of something to his advantage, as the same as a gift of a deceased mother, now no more with the name engraved upon it. End quote. An English matrimonial advertisement reads as follows quote, A young man about twenty five years of age, in a very good trade, whose father will make him worth one thousand pounds, would willingly embrace a suitable match. He has been brought up a dissenter with his parents and is a sober man. End quote. A landlady, innocent of grammatical knowledge, advertises that she has, quote, a fine, airy, well-furnished bedroom for a gentleman twelve feet square, end quote. Another has, quote, a cheap and desirable suit of rooms for a respectable family in good repair, end quote. Still another has, quote, a hall bedroom for a single woman eight by twelve, end quote. A photographer's sign reads, quote, 
this style three pictures finished in fifteen minutes while you wait for twenty-five cents beautifully colored end quote. a cheap restaurant displays this sign oyster pies open all night and coffee and cakes off the griddle a baker displays the sign family baking done here the sign would look more appropriate if it were in front of some of our quote, cool and well-ventilated summer resort hotels. The sign at Abraham Lowe's Inn, Douglas, Isle of Man, is accompanied by this quaint verse, quote, I'm Abraham Lowe, and halfway up the hill, if I were higher up, what's funnier still, I should be low. Come in and take your fill of porter, ale, wine, spirits, what you will. Step in, my friend, I pray no further go, my prices, like myself, are always low. On a vacant lot back of Covington, Kentucky, is posted this sign, quote, No plain base bowl on these primacies. End quote. Notice in a Hoboken ferry boat, quote, The seats in this cabin are reserved for ladies. Gentlemen are requested not to occupy them until the ladies are seated. End quote. A sign in a Pennsylvania town reads as follows, quote, John Smith, teacher of cotillions and other dances, grammar taught in the neatest manner, fresh salt heron on draft, likewise good phrase cordial, roots sausage and other garden truck, N.B. ball on Friday night, prayer meetin' Tuesday, also psalm singing by the choir, end quote. The following notice appeared on a fence of a vacant lot in Brooklyn, quote, All persons are forbidden to throw ashes on this lot under penalty of the law or any other garbage, end quote. A barber's sign in Buffalo, New York, has the following. This is the place for a physiognomical haircutting and ecstatic shaving and shampooing. A San Francisco bootblack of poetic aspirations proclaims his superior skill in the following lines, pasted over the door of his establishment. No day was e'er so bright, so black was never a night, as will your boots be if you get, them blackened right in here, you bet. The following appears on a Welsh shoemaker's signboard. Price Dias Cobbler, dealer in bacoshag and pigtail bacon and giner bread, eggs laid by me, and very good paradise in the summer, gentlemen and lady can have good tay and crumpets and strawberry with a skim milk, because I can't get no cream. N.B. Shoes and boots mended very well. An Irish inn exhibits the following in large type. Within this hive we're all alive, with whiskey sweet as honey. If you are dry, step in and try, but don't forget your money. An inn near London displays a board with the following inscription. Call, softly. Drink, moderately. Pay, honorably. Be good company. Part friendly. Go home, quietly. Let these lines be no man's sorrow. Pay today, and I'll trust tomorrow. Chapter 3. For Epitaphs. A terse account of an untimely end is given upon a stone in a Mexican churchyard. He was young, he was fair, but the Injuns raised his hair. 
The following may be read upon the tombstone of Lottie Merrill, the young huntress of Wayne County, Pennsylvania. Lottie Merrill lays here she didn't know what it was to be afeard, but she has had her last tussle with the bars, and they've scooped her, and she was a good girl, and she is now in heaven. It took six big bars to get away with her. She was only eighteen years old. Upon the tomb of a boy who died of eating too much fruit, this quaint epitaph conveys a moral. Currants have checked the current of my blood, and berries brought me to be buried here. Pears have pared off my body's hardihood, and plums and plumbers spare not one so spare. Fain would I fain my fall. So fair a fair, lessons not hate, yet tis a lesson good. Guilt will not long hide guilt, such thin washed wear wears quickly, and its rude touch soon is rude. Grave on my grave some sentence grave and terse, that lies not as it lies upon my clay, but in gentle strain of unstrained verse, praise all to pity a poor Patty's prey, rehearses I was fruitful to my hearse, tells that my days are told, and soon I'm told away. In Glasgow Cathedral is an epitaph which is engraved on the lid of a very old sarcophagus, discovered in the crypt. Our life's a flying shadow, God's the pole, the index pointing at him is our soul, death's the horizon where our sun is set, which will through Christ a resurrection get. In a graveyard at Montrose in Scotland, this inscription may still be seen. Here lies the body of George Young and of all his posterity for fifty years backwards. This brief announcement may be read in Wrexham Churchyard, Wales. Here lies five babies and children dear, three at Austri and two here. In a churchyard near London, the following may be deciphered. Killed by an omnibus? Why not? So quick a death a boon is, let not his friends lament his lot, for mors omnibus communis. There is an unqualified Hiberianism in the following. Here lies the remains of Thomas Maelstrom, who died in Philadelphia March 17th. Had he lived, he would have been buried here. A good deal of positive information is conveyed in this epitaph. Here lies, cut down like unripe fruit, the wife of Deacon Amos Shute. She died of drinking too much coffee, Annie Domini, 1840. To the victim of an accident. Here lies the body of James Hambrick, which was accidentally shot in the Pecos River by a young man with one of Colt's large revolvers with no stopper for the hand for to rest on. It was one of the old-fashioned sort, brass-mounted, and of such is the kingdom of heaven. William Curtis, who was famous for his bad grammar, may have composed his own epitaph. Here lies William Curtis, our late Lord Mayor, who has left this world and gone to that there. In a churchyard in London, evidently written by a cockney. Here lies John Ross, kicked by a hoss. In Trinity Churchyard, New York, this inscription may be read. Val blank. Sydney Breeze, June 9, 17-something. 
made by himself. Ha, Sidney, Sidney, liest thou here? I lie here till time's last extremity. Upon a stone under the grocer's arms is this inscription, in memory of Gerard, a tea-dealer. Garrett, some called him, but that was too lie. His name was Gerard, who now here doth lie. Weep not for him, since he is gone before, to heaven where grocers there are many more. The value of phonetic spelling is set forth in this terse memorial. Here lies two brothers by misfortune surrounded, one died of his wounds, the other was drowned. Resignation and an eye to the main chance are combined in the following. Beneath this stone, in hope of Zion, doth lie the landlord of the lion, his son keeps in the business still, resigned unto the heavenly will. In the churchyard in Wiltshire, England, beneath this stone lies our dear child, who's gone away from we, forevermore into eternity, when we do hope that we shall go to he, but him can never come back to we. On Mrs. Sarah Newman. Pain was my portion, physic was my food, groans was my devotion, drugs done me no good. Christ was my physician, knew what way was best, to ease me of my pain he took my soul to rest. An inscription to four wives. To the memory of my four wives, who all died within the space of ten years, but more particular to the last Mrs. Sally Horn, who has left me and four dear children. She was a good, sober, and clean soul, and may I soon go to her. Dear wives, if you and I shall all go to heaven, the Lord be blessed, for then we shall be even. William Joy Horn, Carpenter on a dyer. He died to live and lived to die. On Mrs. Lee and her son. In her life she did her best, now I hope her soul's at rest. Also her son Tom lies at her feet. He lived till he made both ends meet. At Edinburgh. John McPherson was a wonderful person. He stood six feet two without his shoe, and he was slew at Waterloo. One John Round was lost at sea, and in the graveyard of his native place a stone was erected with the following couplet inscribed thereon. Under this bed lies John Round, who was lost at sea and never found. In an old churchyard in Ireland, here lies John Hiley, whose father and mother were drowned on their passage to America. Had they lived, they would have been buried here. In a churchyard in Ohio. Under this sod and under these trees lieth the bod E of Solomon Pease. He's not in this hole, but only his pod. He shelled out his soul and went up to his God. From a tombstone in Cornwall, England. Father and mother and I lie buried here asunder. Father and mother lie buried here, and I lie buried yonder. On Eliza Newman Like a tender rose-tree was my spouse to me, Her offspring plucked, too long deprived of life was she. Three went before, her life went with the six, I stay with three, our sorrows for to mix, 
till Christ our only hope our joys doth fix. On a Drummer in an English Churchyard Tom Clark was a drummer who went to the war and was killed by a bullet and his soul sent for. There were no friends to mourn him, for his virtues were rare. He died like a man and like a Christian bear. On a Stone near Appomattox Courthouse, Virginia Robert C. Wright was born June 26, 1772, died July 2, 1815, by the bloodthirsty hand of John Sweeney Sr., who was massacred with the knife, then a London gun discharge a ball penetrate the heart that give the immortal wound. At Middletown, Connecticut, is the following. This lovely, pleasant child, he was our only one, although we've buried three before two daughters, and a son. The controlling power of rhyme is well illustrated in the subjoined from a tombstone in Manchester. Here lies, alas, more's the pity, all that remains of Nicholas New City. N.B. His name was Newtown. Another instance of how rhyming difficulties may be overcome is as follows. Here lies the remains of Thomas Woodhen, the most amiable of husbands, and excellent of men. N.B. His real name was Woodcock, but it wouldn't come in rhyme, his widow. The subjoined contains a solemn warning. My wife has left me, she's gone up on high, she was thoughtful while dying, and said, Tom, don't cry. She was a great beauty, so every one knows, with hebe-like features and a fine Roman nose. She played the piano and was learning a ballad when she sickened and died from eating veal salad. Upon a tombstone in Pennsylvania. Battle of Shiloh, April 6, 1862. John D. L. was born March 26, 1839, in the town of West Dresden, state of New York, where the wicked cease from troubling and the weary are at rest. A tombstone in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, has these lines. When you, my friends, are passing by, and this inform you where I lie, remember you ere long must have, like me, a mansion in the grave, also three infants, two sons and a daughter. End of chapters 2 and 3 Recording by Tricia G.